Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome. You are listening to the voice of West Papua on 3CR Community Radio. Our show airs every Tuesday from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. On 8.55 a.m. on your dial, 3CR Digital. And streaming live on 3cr.org.au.
Hello and welcome to the Voice of West Papua on Christia Community Radio. And you can tune into the show on 855 AM on your dial, Christia Digital, and streaming live on www.tricia.org.au. Before we start the show, we would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation as the owners of the land on which we are broadcasting and pay our respect to the elders past and present. My name is Joe and uh, joining me um, as usual we have Ronnie but for today we have a very special um, guest all the way from uh, West Papua. Um, I would like uh, listeners and um, everyone in the city to welcome our brother Papuanus from West Papua and also our very own um, Ronnie Kareni from Canberra. Good evening brothers and thank you for uh, joining us this evening in the studio. Thank you to, uh, for inviting us. Uh, me in particular, I feel honored to be here to be invited and to talk about West Papua. Thank you. I Grace, feel I'm so excited. Thank really you. Really excited. Uh, Cecil, I'm bringing you news from West Papua and Free West Papua campaign more broadly, as well as playing some tunes from the Pacific and letting you know what's coming up and how you can support. One in Nisha Security Personal injured in a shootout in Star Mountain region of West Papua. 79 state OACP reiterates call for human rights chief to be allowed to West Papua. UOPM urges migrants to leave war zone in Sorong. And as usual, listeners, um, we will uh, close up this show with some community announcement. A shootout between joint TNI and Paul Re in, and the um, um, criminal group, as they called, but it is a West Papuan um, OPM or the military wing of uh, West Papua occurred in Kiwirok district of Mount, uh, Star Mountains in Papua on Monday morning, September 13, 2001. The gunfight resulted in one TNI personnel from Pamtas Battalion 403 with Papua being injured. The head of the Star Mountain Police, AKBP Chahio Sukarnito, admitted that a gun battle took place between 9.30 in, uh, East Indonesia time between the OPM rebels and the members of TNI and uh, Polaris in the area. During the gunfight, it was reported that one member of Battalion 403 was injured in the right arm due to being hit by a rebound or a tracer was shot and his condition is stable. In addition to a gunfight, they reportedly set fire on to a number of public facilities such as healthcare center, Papua Development Regional Bank, cash office and elementary school building. He said, and I quote, is not certain which group it is because they are still waiting for a report from Kirok, whose communication has been disrupted. Kirok is one of the district in the Star Mountain Regency with borders, which has the border with Papua New Guinea. Um, yes, uh, listeners, uh, that was a report uh, that we received just a few hours ago about um, what happened this morning in West Papua. And uh, yeah, I will go straight to uh, Ronnie and also our brother, um, Papuanus, who is um, from Papua. Um, first of all, Ronnie, um, 
of yeah, Brad Papadopoulos. What 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 can you tell us uh, from what you learned about what happened in um, in Kiwirok this morning? Yeah, uh, in Kiwirok this morning, uh, uh, um, as usual, you know, uh, there is you know, uh, first of all. Uh, this news startled me, startled me. I was so very shocked, you know, when I first uh, heard uh, to this, you know, uh, calamitous accident where one of my friends this afternoon around 13, around, yeah, one o'clock, she called me, she phoned me and she told me that there was an accident which involved uh, West Papua Liberation, West Papua National Liberation Army and uh with uh indonesian heavily armed troop, troops so in that class actually the indonesia heavily armed troops they burned down uh, some of the uh buildings including schools and also the only regional you know clinic you know it's 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 deplorable for me you know it's the only one a regional clinic that people have when they got sick or with disease, something like that, they will go there, of course, in order to keep their health. But unfortunately, this afternoon, uh, because there is a clash, the fight between the uh, West Papua National Liberation Army and also Indonesian troops, the Indonesian troops, as usual, they fabricated, they fought the news. Actually, in the news that we heard in the national papers, such as Compass, CNN, and so on, you will hear that the actors behind these demolishing buildings is OPM, as we call OPM and TPM, or as you say in English, uh, West Papua National Liberation Army. But in fact, if you ask the people, the witness around there, they will say the different things. They will say that the actors w was actually uh, not the OPM, but the troops, Indonesian troops. So yes, it happened this morning. Yeah, uh, yeah thanks brother. And um, Ronnie, uh, this is um, like, it's happened many times before. And um, uh, uh, you know how we have, uh, the report says un, uh, it's unconfirmed whether it's uh, bending down of buildings and schools and but it's it's for me personally it's a question but what's the reason for if if um if they uh throw the um like they blame like they're playing blame game now uh for, from what we read of indonesian uh the police chief was saying um they're still waiting uh to waiting for the report after it is not clear yet um who is the perpetrator uh, who actually burned the building um, from what the media says. But um, what, what, what is it, who, who, is, who do you think in your belief is responsible for, uh, for the uh, burning and destruction of this uh, school and the facilities? Thank you, Brother Joe. And also thank you for um, Brother Papuan who already gave a bit of um, what's um, on the ground and what the, the information that people are saying, especially the locals and witnesses. 
I just want to bring it out a bit more, broaden it to the worldview. Um, as this um, program goes on air, it is the United Nations General Assembly, um, 76th session. And so all the um, head of state around the world will give an address to the UN. And so the timing of um, incidents that are happening at the various um, hotspots or cohorts around um, West Papua is very timely. And why it's very timely, um, there are a few things that I just want to highlight here. One, after the uh, Indonesian ratification or a unilateral decision around the so-called uh, special autonomy um, for Jakarta to, the, to Papua, uh, they need to uh, bring the world leaders to believe that this package is successful. And by doing that, they wanted to push for the national games that is coming up in mid-October, um, um, to be going ahead despite the concerns around the COVID-19 and the Delta variant that is spreading with, with no facilities and hospitals are being overly crowded and lack of oxygen and everything around it. But yet, this is going ahead. So that's to create this public diplomacy to foreign investors and donors to have this mindset that, yes, um, this is successful. And so um, this goes ahead, this event. Um, behind this as well, what the government is doing, which uh, over the weekend, uh, they already announced that there will be almost 10,000 deployment of combined security forces to protect the national games. So now they'll be already on top of 8,000 that they've already deployed, that I can estimate. There'll be extra 2,000 um, deployed um, in the coming weeks to West Papua. Now, for the government, this is what they're saying, to come and provide security for the during the game that will be happening in October. But let's not also forget that this is a pretext for the security forces to come in and carry out other interests. And so the, um, these things that are happening, um, they need a legitimacy, a validation of some kind of incident to give them the reason to come in and carry out the brutal um, approach that they always have done. And so with this um, incident that happened in Star Mountain and the fact that the locals have already say now, and you know this story as we, we're discussing right now for listeners, um, the incident is happening on Monday, 13th of September. Um, but as you're listening, as we're saying now, it's because it's developing and we're getting confirmation and we're, we're broadcasting this right now to you guys. Um, the locals are saying they, uh, they, they perpet not perpetrators, but they, the actors behind the demolition of the local facilities like the local clinic are the 
security forces. And this already indicates or signals that the intent behind creating this conflict to prolong this conflict and gives more reason for this deployment to, to be fast and it will be brutal. As we know, that that's the intent behind state terrorism. And why I'm saying state terrorism, the local police and the government and even within the, um, the central government already framing the movement including the TPNPB or the National Liberation Army and um, the OPM, uh, as well as uh, the West Papua National Committee or KNPB, already, they are already criminalizing KNPB, one of the largest civil resistance organizations throughout West Papua. And we're gonna be touching around my breath, um, regency with what's happening there. It's a humanitarian crisis happening right now in my breath with um, the Kisor village, but uh, the neighboring other 18 districts surrounding that. But what the state is doing now is framing and criminalizing the, the civil resistance as well as the armed wing of the, the liberation movement. So it is a war of liberation that is happening now. And what we are seeing right now with the latest development on um, around Star Mountain area is one of the case that is now giving that legitimation validation for the military combined um, units. And when I said units, it's including the, the detachment 88 that Australia fund, aid, trained. And we know as well that just last week, the two plus two meeting between the foreign ministers and um, defense minister of Australia and Indonesia. They've already strengthened the, the military and defense cooperation. And this is another um, sticking point here for Australian taxpayers that their money um, paying for the tax now in the coming months and years, um, it will be going towards um, one, Australia will be a breeding ground for state terrorists and at the same time, um, breeding ground for war criminals. So this incident right now that is happening in Star Mountain is, is one of these cases that now the world cannot stay silent and our supporters and listeners, as you're listening to this um, conversation, this is developing and this is just one of the latest of many incidents that already creating internally displaced persons especially in Duga, in, right across the central islands into Ilaga, and then into um, now Pegunungan um, Bintang uh, or Star Mountain, and then even a few weeks ago uh, in Maibrat, um, Sorong area. So yeah, this is developing story as we discussed in this. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Brother Papuanos and also Ronnie. Uh, listeners, that was... Uh, is a bit of the update from what happened in uh, Star Mountain's region of West Papua this morning. And uh, also Ronnie did touch about a, a little bit about the time of <clears throat> the time when this actually happened is very timely. And it uh, coincides also with uh, the UN uh, United Nations General Assembly that's um, 
the, the year that's currently um, happening and progressing. So um, it's a very uh, the time the time of in which this happens very suspicious. As Ronnie said, it is. Um, uh, I think it was uh, masterminded to uh, to create a narrative or story to be able to tell the world leaders that. Um, whatever the Indonesian government is planning in West Papua is, uh, especially the recent um, extension of autonomy, a special autonomy is successful. And also they um, just want to give uh, the impression that um, the state of Indonesia is, um, uh, is um, doing everything it wants, uh, everything that's good for the people of West Papua. When, um, we know that it's not true. And also, um, these are developing stories that Ronnie just uh, talked about. And um, listeners, unfortunately, are stories like this don't make their ways to the mainstream media. So um, uh, we get the story from uh, very reliable um, reports from the ground. And um, also, Ronnie did say something about, um, yeah, they. Uh, the meeting between the two um, foreign ministers and two defense ministers, um, Reto Marsudi and Prabowo Subianto meeting Peter Dutton and um, Mary Spain just um, last Thursday. Um, as Ronnie was saying, what was discussed, what's, what was being discussed is uh, the cooperation and ties between these two nations. And um, whatever you pay as Australians, whatever you pay is going to be uh, the, f the the very fund that will fund these, um, this Indonesian uh, uh, training, the cooperation training between the Indonesian and the Australian military. So yeah, just uh, listeners, please uh, stay tuned and we'll be back with more reports uh, after this short break. So, here you are, too foreign for home, too foreign for here, never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo, Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong and how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced by Jan. Welcome back. You're listening to the voice of West Papua on 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on your 3CR Digital and streaming live on www.3cr.org. .au. And I'm still here with um, Ronnie and our brother Papuanos from West Papua. Um, yeah, listeners, uh, we had a bit of discussion on what happened this uh, morning in um, Star Mountain region of West Papua. And um, just quickly on while we are on that uh, subject, um, to your yeah, brother Papuanos in West Papua, do you know or have you come to be aware of is if there is any, um, from what the report says in the media, there was a, uh, the only casualty was a, um, an, a military personnel of Indonesia was injured, but 
what about the other side? Is there any casualties or yeah, even death? Uh, <clears throat> due to the military operation and military deployment across the region, there especially in Pegunungan Bintan districts, the internet connection also was, you know, turned off. The blackout of the internet connection as well as the electricity. And that is a casual thing here. It usually happens. Yeah. When when a region, let's say when a region uh, found we find there is a tumult or riot or massive protest, even a peacefully conducted demonstration, a protest or even uh, the attack between the OPM and uh, Indonesian uh, troops, the internet connection uh, ultimately will be turned off. And this morning, I, I, I lost the contact with my friend. Uh, my contact was, was like uh, one, yeah, around 13, yeah, at the day. So I, I lost my contact. So I can't, I, I can't uh, make sure the, you know, current situation there because I can't, you know, communicate well with some of my co-workers who are still working there in Pegunungan Bintan where this uh, accident yeah, took place. But uh, regarding the questions about the, the media reporting the situation there, uh, actually, uh, as far as it concerned, only one uh, victim uh, from uh, the Indonesian soldier. And I asked uh, some of um, uh, OPM's members because in the morning, I contact them. We contact, We usually uh, get contact together in order to update the current information regarding the situation, the circumstances around there. They said that uh, there is no victim from the OPM sites. Uh, instead, there is only one victim uh, from the Indonesian soldier. And the victim was also actually the, the OPM say that they didn't want to kill them, shot them, but they had to at a time, because uh, the Indonesian soldier, they burned some of the buildings there. That's why OPM said, OPM know that after this happened, yeah, after this happened, the world know that the actors, the world consider the actor as OPM, not the uh, the true OP, uh, the true actors behind this, you know, uh, demolishing buildings and so on. Thank you. Amazing. And... Uh, th yeah, thank you, uh, Brother uh, Papuanos. And yeah, Ronnie, you were just uh, saying something there. Yeah, no, just adding towards that, like especially when local facilities and the clinic, um, the school center, that's the only means where local um, people, especially the civilians, um, heavily rely on and, you know, for basic everyday life. Um, you know, for anyone here in Australia or our listeners, and you know, we take life for granted of the facilities that, of, that is around us when this is the reality um, of our, our Papuan brothers and sisters and women, children are experiencing this. And as we're, you know, discussing this matter, um, the civilians, women and children are always the the, the victims, those who are um, heavily impacted by um, any of these, um, yeah, um, 
things that are happening uh, within those places. So um, as we, we, we're discussing this now, um, it's something that, yeah, just reflecting back now that um, looking back at various um, incidents that already happened throughout the years going back in the 70s and with their latest was the 2018 um, in the Duga and then, yeah, my brother and now this, um, it's something that the many for Papuans we're living with the, the memory of um, suffering, the trauma, and it's creating that um, trans, um, transgenerational um, trauma as well, um, adding on to the resistance against uh, military brutality, against um, foreign investment into the region, and this adding on to that as well. So um, um, hearts, my heart goes out to a lot of our um, yeah, civilians and hope and pray that there's no um, reprisal that targets the civilian. Uh, thank you very much, Ronnie. And uh, yes, listeners, um, the, Ronnie and uh, Brother Papuanus, uh, just uh, briefly ex uh, explaining or discussing and sharing about um, the most recent situation in Pagurungan Bintang in West Papua. And um, yeah, uh, I would uh, uh, agree with uh, both Ronnie and Papuanus um, where um, you, if we can, even though we, we, we don't have like a confirmed uh, uh, stories, but um, as Papuans, or we can uh, just put two and two together and see West Papuans, um, they have no interest in uh, burning down health clinic or bank or um, schools because these are the things that West Papuans, as Ronnie said, they need them on the on daily basis. So really West Papuans are their community. Civilians have no basis whatsoever um, and they have no excuse, no reason to ban these uh, buildings or the clinic or this uh, services and these are very um like very important services that local people need so um yeah i'll just say once again they have no need or no interest and they, they have no excuse in bending this uh stuff down so um from that we can draw a conclusion that um this was uh perpetrated or oh, the actors behind these uh the um indonesian troop or indonesian military that is operating in the region and um, so, yeah, listeners, uh, th this is uh, what uh, the Voice of West Papua program um, is about, and it's the stories that we're bringing out every um, every Tuesday as we air on Tuesday from six thirty to seven thirty um, every each evening. Uh, and now, uh, listeners, uh, the organization of a um, African, Caribbean, and Pacific states OA. CPS, made up of 79 countries, nearly half of the world, has reiterated its support for the UN visit to West Papua. In a letter from President of OACPS Council of Ministers, the Solomon Islands Foreign Minister to the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, the OACPS reiterates a call for an urgent mission to West Papua. The Secretary General of OACPS also issued a public statement reaffirming the 79 members organization called for UN visit based on the unwavering commitment of OACPS to the human rights, the rule of law and democratic principles. 
DOA CPS passed a resolution on West Papua in December 2019 calling for a UN visit to West Papua in line with the 2019 call of the leaders of the Pacific Island Forum. In total, 84 countries have now echoed the call worldwide, roughly half the planet. The violations were uncovered during the province-wide roughly the 84 countries have now echoed the call worldwide, roughly half of the planet. I'm sorry about that little glitch there. Uh, but yes, just to Ronnie and uh, yes, uh, brother uh, Papuanos, um, just feel free to jump in at any time. Um, this will be like open discussion. Sure. Um, but I'll go to you first, Ronnie. Um, this uh, dialogue or the uh, the proposed visit was supposed to take place. Um, this was from 2029, um, but it hasn't happened. And now we see uh, the uh, OECP made up of 79 countries, and that's nearly half the world has reiterated its support for a UN visit to West Papua. And um, looking at the numbers, uh, how significant is this? And um, when do you see this happens, um, given that, uh, you know, how Indonesia likes to play uh, the kind of game that, you know, so um, when can we see this happen? Well, it is very significant, especially when the Pacific Island Forum um, put out the call for the visit in, in August of 2019 in Tuvalu, and straight after that, the organizations of Africa, Caribbean, and Pacific um, adopted the, the, that um, communicating to the resolution in end of that year, same year, um, in Kenya, Nairobi. And the members of the ACP um, remain steadfast, um, which they met again at the end of last year um, and reiterated their commitment, which they also called for the president of, of the OACP to write or make contact with the um, commissioner for human rights um, um, to, to, to act on that um, call but no action was taken place. So that was made in June. And so that this um, report that came out, um, it was a week ago that the uh, Secretary General of the OACP um, reiterated commitment again um, for the UN uh, visit and explaining the dire situation on the ground that this is this going to remain a, an issue that the 79 member states um, will be lobbying and pushing, which has brought into um, the, the total to 84 with um, UK, Spain, Netherlands, some of the European blocs uh, coming and signing on to that um, petition. So this is an agent matter that Australia needs. Australia is a member of the Pacific Island Forum. So automatically that brings that, yeah, that call together as well. But we need more of that um, support. And so 
there is a lot of um, a lobby behind closed doors in the lead up to the UNGA right now um, that we need um, immense pressure from world leaders on Indonesia to allow, to finalize the timing of this visit. We know that Indonesia will try to buy time. We know that they will try to pay, um, pay off or uh, play off or trade off in some ways to, to give more time for them not to, and they, we know they're gonna use COVID as an excuse. But the world is waking up now to hear about the, the cry of the people of West Papua. And, and with the social media, and with you know, Brother Papuanus here himself um, is a testament to young Papuans now using the, this medium to keep updates of what's happening on the ground and yeah, um, you know, um, acknowledge the work that um, young people um, from West Papua are, are putting out information. So it gives real time um, news as well on the social media platforms that key world leaders have been notified straight away that what's happening. And I probably will give um, Brother Papuanus to um, comment a bit more on this in terms of like how news is reaching key actors, international actors um, around the world. And um, with the incident that is happening, that happened in um, the Star Mountain, you know, speaks for itself when, um, yeah. Um, I'd say, brother, you 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 broke the story <laughs> um, on 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 the social media around this um, um this developing story. So, but back to um the the call for the the visit of the UN Human Rights Commissioner remains an outstanding agenda um, within the Pacific Island Forum leaders, as well as the OACP leaders. And the more countries signing on to it to give numbers to it, it puts more um, weight and pressure to, to Jakarta to finalize the timing of the decision. Uh, okay, thank you, Ronnie. And um, yeah, Brother Papuanus, if you want to comment. Uh, okay, maybe I want to add a little bit more. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> I just want to accentuate uh, more on the voice of fraternity, brotherhood, fraternity, where the fraternity is a powerful weapon which we can use uh, at the moment to create a true understanding as a human beings between you and me, regardless of our different tribes, cultures, beliefs, nations, uh, race and so on. So the first thing that is important uh, for to uh, as a you know as a supportive tools as an as an ameliorative tools uh, to uh, raise the voice of voiceless people is creating a fraternity from different parts of the world. We can learn from the Kosovo cases. We can learn from South Sudan. We can learn from Myanmar, where lots of people have empathy you know they can feel what they are feeling but in west papua I, I i until right now i couldn't find like you know the fraternity from other other friends for example in indonesia itself where i myself uh, graduated from one of the university in south sumatra called lampung university 
at the university, when I talk about human rights abuses in West Papua with my Indonesian friends, they think like, oh, you must be part of the OPM. You must be part of this terrorist group. They don't see the part of the humanity. Instead, they just see the importance of the political situation there, the economic situation there, just like what Australians do right now. Vast majority of them, of course, they support the visit of the uh, prime minister and also the defense minister of Australia to Indonesia to work together with Indonesia. And they didn't realize that the result of this training will cause to the harm for the West Papua, of course. And then the second one that I want to tell is that uh, it's true. Yeah, it's true and it's essentially important how uh, the role of the media so that the world can see because the case of the problems, the political polemics since the echo free choice and far beyond the, this, uh, uh, you know, uh, echo free choice, uh, the world actually doesn't recognize what is happening in West Papua until right now. And vast majority of people around the world, they are just focusing in Myanmar. They're just focusing in, on other, you know, uh, issues of humanity and also other natural, uh, uh, like natural disasters, disaster human, uh, crimes and so on. But I don't, I don't say that they are not important. Of course, they are important like Myanmar and other part of the world who are undergoing the same situation with West Papua. But uh, on the other side, from the media point of view, it's important, not only for Papuans, but also for our brothers and sisters out there, wherever they are, whomever they are, to raise the voice through the social media, it's important. The reason why I said the importance of raising the voice of voiceless people of West Papua from the outside of the country is because here in West Papua, the freedom for speech expression and the freedom for media is strictly prohibited. You know, uh, in a couple of years ago, one of the most renowned regional media before uh, the, the rise of tabloid Jubi and Suara Papua was Selanka, Majala Selanka Com. Majala Selanka Com was one of the most renowned and was, you know, uh, like valid, most reliable uh, website, which provides uh, so many, you know, problems, political tumult, and also uh, human rights abuses here in West Papua. But unfortunately, through the Minister of you know, Technology, Information, and Communication in Indonesia, they banned. And finally, they erased, you know, this website. They didn't respect the freedom for speech and expression, of course. So it's a little bit harder for us as a Papuans to raise the awareness and to tell the world what is happening in West Papua from Papua, from Indonesia. Because you will be banned after all, not to mention a thousand of fake accounts right now, you know, telling you fictitious stories, and they are Indonesian-made news, the fabrication of news. There are lots of, you know, uh, things happening here regarding the media. So it's a bit hard for us, you know, to tell the truth about what is going on from here because the 
internet connection, the media is strictly prohibited. So that was the problem. So uh, to sum up, we need our brothers and sisters to rise up the awareness and also tell the world what has been going on in West Papua, not only from the inside West Papua, but also from outside West Papua, it's important. Thank you. Oh, awesome. Thank you very much, Brother Papuanus, for, um, for bringing that up. Uh, yeah, listeners, it's, uh, it's been quite an issue in West Papua, especially with internet, the, the means of disseminating information and stories out from West Papua has been um, challenging in the past few, few months, actually, uh, or even last year. It started off with um, the biggest rally that happened in West Papua as a result of the uh, racist attack in uh, to Papuan students in Surabaya and um, leading up as a result of that um, internet uh, uh, blackout happened in West Papua and um, listeners I can confirm that because I have families that um, I wasn't able to get in touch with in Papua and um, as here brother um, Papua has also um, I also mentioned it's the, the importance of uh, us raising uh, awareness and be the voice of those who, who are voiceless, who do not have the same opportunity and same uh, privilege as us who are able to um, uh, speak freely and uh, to speak and raise your aspirations and uh, your uh, whatever you think is, um, is necessary. Uh, freely, without being suppressed, without being controlled uh, by the uh, state security. In this case, I'm talking about this um, Indonesian uh, military force. And um, also the importance, he also reminded us all about the importance of uh, forming a, some kind of brotherhood. So we we, we can focus on uh, one problem that all West Papuans are facing, which is a mutual uh, uh, problem or mutual understanding that we all want the same thing and not uh, looking at him from the highlands and this one from the coastal and this one from the inland and islands, but we are all one as West Papuans. Um, yes, uh, listeners, in saying that, um, we will go quickly on a quick break and come back and we'll uh, have uh, one more last uh, discussion with our brothers uh, before we go into our announcement and uh, close the show for this evening. But uh, stay tuned. Yeah, join me at 11 every Friday for some black and deadly sound. Appreciate community radio 855 on your end dot. Voice of the people. Black and deadly Friday, Robbie Fort Radic Radio. Join me at 11 every Friday for some black and deadly sound. Appreciate community radio 855 on your end dot. Voice of the people. Black and deadly Friday, Robbie Fort Radic Radio. Welcome back. Uh, you're still listening to the voice of West Papua on Tricia Community Radio 855 AM on your dial. Uh, Tricia Digital and streaming live on www.trisha.org.au. Our listeners, we have uh, pretty much come to the end of our show um, for this evening. But um, before we go, I will just uh, would like to give you or share with you some updates on the, the latest on the situation of uh, Victor Yemo, uh, who is the spokesperson for uh, international spokesperson for KNPB, um, 
and uh, also he was detained and uh, arrested and detained um, in May 9th. And um, uh, just immediately after he, he was arrested, he was uh, detained in a solitary confinement in the holding cell in Jaipura. And he, um, after pressure from West Papuans and uh, also friends and family, he was um, granted access to seek medical attention, although um, before he was, there was a bit of a tug of war, uh, pull and push between the people and also the prosecution, uh, prosecution office in Jaipur, but he was finally um, allowed and granted permission uh, to seek medical um medical care and in which he was also able to meet his mother which was uh, emotional and amazing if you follow the story a few weeks back um but uh, for now i'll just quickly go to uh, ronnie and uh, brother papuana if you uh, papuanus if you want to jump in please do uh ronnie uh, can you share with us and listeners uh, on the latest of uh, the situation of our brother and friend and comrade uh, victoria yemo Oh yeah, thank you. Um, so since after exactly what you just outlined, he's been um, hospitalized till now. Um, so that's really um, great to know that he's um, undergoing medical procedures, um, but that doesn't stop him, uh, his case, especially um, the legal process is going um, going on and so now it's just a concern around if he finishes his uh, medical treatment um, the, the legal team advocating for him to go to another place where it's much they, the air circulation and everything could be um, a bit more okay than his um, current state where yeah in that cell um, in isolation which has a massive impact on his um, well-being. So that's that. Um, especially now, um, his court has been adjourned as well um, due to him undergoing this uh, medical process. But um, in terms of the support and rally around um, Victor Yemo, free, uh, free Victor Yemo campaign, as well as um, 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 Save Victor Yemo campaign, um, it's, it's still going on. Um, they, you know, I just want to um, make a mention here as well um, that the the supporters here in Australia, um, New Zealand and beyond, um, where there's an online crowdfunding um, that was put together by an amazing team of um, individuals and the campaign um, here in Australia that um, has um, now reached pretty much the end date of this um, crowdfunding and we um, Initially, we thought we didn't reach the first milestone, but we managed to re um, pass that and set the bar to to extend it a bit more. And thank you for our supporters who have donated um, to the crowdfunding. And just want to make a quick um, um, acknowledgement and thank you. And what um, now? The what's next after this is we're going to um, safely um, make transfer of that. Um, funds and it will first would go straight towards his medical um, um, cost, um, healthcare cost, 
and that's the first and as the discussions with the the non litigation team they have already um yeah outlined some of the costs that are already involved in that so um that will be underway first thing um after this crowdfunding and of course for the legal team as well um, um they have done and so far um it's a it's a long legal process that they're under undertaking um especially when the state officials are giving a lot of um hard time um like the case for victor yemo to access medical treatment that was full intensive days of um demonstration and visiting prosecution uh, prosecutors not only the office but going to their house and stayed up till 10 pm almost midnight and consecutive days and so yeah they will go towards supporting their their work advocacy work um with with um transportation phone bills and i have to also highlight here to our listeners that um with the the communication channels um the bandwidth has been is dropped has been or at times dropped down from four um uh for uh what is it the 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 bandwidth to four bus down to two to to one bus or um that means that the loading of internet and data slows down as well but at the same time the price for uh purchasing the data internet data it's really bumps up so in terms of doing a lot of advocacy with such case like this um the the legal team especially requires yeah a lot of support uh around that as well and so um this funding that we raised um uh i haven't seen the di- final digit but it's all, uh, almost reaching 7000 and please for those who li- listening now and if it's still there please um you know your pledge um means a lot for the the health and legal um cause uh, for our brother and um comrade victor yemo So that's pretty much for me uh, perhaps if brother um opponents have um some more um comments on that feel free. All right, thank you. Uh I would like to uh say that uh where it not for Papua demons yeah demons for free Victoriaimo Mr. Victoriaimo Mike has already died. if it were it not for Papua's protest that is the first and the second one victory emo was found uh deteriorating getting worse inside the prisons so you know after uh, papuan says a uh, told by kakaroni that after uh, papuan's conduct uh peacefully um, conducted demonstrations massive protests across the island then the government was like uh, yeah come to the, a papuan's point of view to take care of victor emo from inside the prison okay uh awesome thank you uh brother ronnie and also brother papuanos from west papua and um our listeners uh thank you for tuning in this evening um we have come to the end of our show for this evening um Before we go we'd like to thank everyone for tuning in all the listeners uh, in Australia Melbourne and 
all over the world if you're tuning in to the Voice of West Papua. Thank you very much. Um, we'll be back uh, next week the same time as you say every uh, 6.30 to 7.30 is our um, programming day. So you can tune in again next week. Uh, but for now, please stay tuned to the Nile show that's coming up next. And uh, from us in the studio, goodbye for now. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.